Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Welcome to the Fatback Four from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gavin. With me, I have Emma, Keith, and Shawnee, um, as usual on a Sunday night. This show, of course, is brought to you by Bookmakers.com. Check out Bookmakers.com. Their website in the description and also their YouTube channel in the description. The website's good if you want to gamble and you want to find the best odds on stuff. If you do that, do do so responsibly. If you don't gamble, it's good for stats and comparisons and all that sort of stuff as well. So it might be worth looking at. The YouTube channel, if you subscribe there, you will see me on there once a week doing a Premier League show. So you might want to check that out. You might not, but um, check it out. It's been good so far. Um, We'll get back to our charity later because the charity, um, as you can see on screen, the link is in the description for our charity campaign as well. So um, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But Emma, Keith, Shawnee, we have to, as much as we don't want to, talk about uh, Brighton 3, Liverpool nil yesterday. Now, the lads done a fantastic job after the game yesterday because in fairness, after games like that, it's hard to come on and do a show. Um, but Matt and Chris done it yesterday. Um, the place was absolutely hopping. They've done a great job on it. We're going to touch on certain elements of the game, but more so look at it in a bigger picture, I suppose. Um, Emma, I'm going to start start with you. Um, that felt to me like a really, really low point yesterday where you would nearly turn around yourself and say, right, we need a complete reset here. We need to literally 
throw anything out the window of any kind of preconception we have of ourselves and get back to what I think seen, I've seen someone in the chat already say get back to basics because um, I luckily avoided the game yesterday because um, me and Keith were drinking copious amounts of drink and the pub we were in weren't showing it but I've watched the game back um, I've seen extended highlights on top of it and that just felt like one of the lowest points of Liverpool on the Jurgen Club. Yeah, I, I said it yesterday that I, I think it's probably the worst performance that they've they've put in under club, and the worrying thing is is that he felt the same. I only saw that this morning, um, and even he caught a lonely figure uh, apologising to the fans afterwards, um, and that that's it's probably it's probably the first time where like we always say. I will get back. We've we've done this before. Like even when we lost six in a row at home, you thought that was a low point. But it, I I still don't even think that this is. I think this is lower because and Sean he said it last week and possibly the week before. It looks like that this team is shot. It's done, and it is a massive reset that that needs to be done. And um, he spoke about. You don't know how long they practiced on the, the the formation, but change of formation in look. You should be able to adapt within a game. But making four substitutes as well, and I know we get into the game, it just seems a little bit kind of like we're treading water at the moment. And another worrying thing that he said in his interview, and I'm, I'm hoping that it was a bit lost in translation, was that he didn't see that performance coming. Now, I'm assuming he meant from the lads yesterday before they played the game. Well, everybody could see that performance coming for the last few weeks. It's since the start of the season. We've, pro- we've not played well at all. Uh, this season, maybe two games, and even in the city game, we probably didn't play that great. They they weren't they weren't up to much either. Um, but yeah, it was coming. It was I don't know. It's mixed emotions of anger. You're you're ordering at the telly, like just it just seems like there's no direction on the team at the moment. Um, people don't seem to know what jobs they're supposed to be doing um what formation are we playing in am i it's just i thought it's it, they need a good kick up the hole as well i think because we've said many times on here that the minimum effort is trying and we kind of avoid trying to say that they're not trying but yesterday looked like it was a training session for uh for brighton and they literally had got themselves 11 new or sorry 10 new Red counts to just pass the ball around. Mm. They were literally they they ragdolled us, um, and made an absolute job. Was I have to say, Keith? Um, you know, Emmett's saying there about a bit of like loss in translation and stuff like you didn't see this coming. Um, I've gone I've gone on quite a bit about. You know, I'm I'm sure we get into Klopp and, and FSG and stuff, and people are in the chat going on about a possible Qatari bid, and we'll talk about that later, I promise. But for the moment, just let us let us get through what's going on here yesterday. But Keith, he says lost in translation, he didn't see that performance coming. When you watch Liverpool yesterday, right, they did seem to, personnel-wise and possibly formation-wise, they set up like they would always set up. But I've seen them, well, from what i seen yesterday was, I think Klopp expected us to go out and be more solid and be more compact and and it just wasn't that at all, Keith. Like you three men up front, and I feel sorry for Cody Gakbo because he's come in and played left side, then he has to go and play up front, and you're like 
you know, he's probably looking around going, what the fuck's going on here? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has played in a different couple of different uh, positions. Now he's left side, you know, and, and then you have Salah, who's probably has the weight of the world on his shoulders up front um, to produce something. But you're seeing from me yesterday and just an awful lot of Brighton saying, we'll hold the ball here, one of them will come near us, and once we get through half arse press really from the front three we're going to destroy this through midfield and we're going to run and is that what Klopp maybe meant with he didn't see that performance coming because he probably set them out to do something slightly different and it just didn't come off at all yeah um, God knows <laughs> you know it's, he didn't see it coming he, he can't have just been talking about a performance like that and not seeing that coming because I think everyone could see that coming little tweaks here and there changes and personnel formation or whatever i just don't know gav it's very um it it's hard because klopp is starting to cut a bit of a desperate figure to me now in the sense that he's he's saying he's talking a bit of scutter do you know what i mean he's talking a bit of shilly and i think back to maybe when he was coming to the end at Dortmund, not to the end because it was more the start of that season and, and he'd sort of, he was a bit all over the shop emotionally. And I think he's a little bit emotional now as well. I mean, Oxley chamberlain he, what's he giving us? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are we getting out of Ox when he's in that team? I don't know. Cody Gakbo, you come in, you're a left winger, you're playing centre forward. It's not the easy. He's done it. You know, Cody Gakbo, one of the things we are told when we bought him is he's a very versatile player, can play in a few positions. But coming into a team like this at a time like this against an opposition like that, because I have to say, Brighton are an excellent team. Um, I don't know. What... Klopp is, like I said, he's he's just... He's not trying enough. He's, he's not trying enough to change it at the moment for me. But um, look... I can't even talk about this because my camera is frozen and I'm like a poxy blade and ventriloquist here. But uh, it's it's just soul destroying, you know what I mean? You're watching it. Now, in saying that, I expect Klopp can turn it around. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be in this camp of oh, Klopp out and you're that nonsense. Do you know what I mean? But I just think he needs to do something. And look, we all know what needs to happen. We all know what needs to happen. And if that doesn't happen, I don't know what he's going to do to fix it because we do not have the we don't have the players in this squad now to fix it, and that's the worry. Do you know what I mean? The problems we have in that midfield now cannot be fixed because Henderson isn't going to get his legs back, um, Thiago's not going to get quicker, Fabinho's not going to get quicker, Harvey Elliott's not going to get quicker, Naby Kate is not going to get fit. Do you know what I mean? And and that's that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. The midfield has no legs. Everyone has said that I've been had me blinkers on about it, saying no, no, it's up to everyone else. Stevie Wonder can see the problem with that team now, and it's all in that midfield because the pressure that's getting put everywhere else. We've said it for years on this show: Liverpool's a machine, Liverpool's a machine, Liverpool's a machine. One bit of the machine breaks, and the whole thing breaks, and that's what's happened now. It's the midfield is just crocked. We've neglected it for too long, and the chickens are coming home to roost. Art Mello, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? What's the blatant point to him? Um, and and Jorgen will come out and he'll talk about midfield and he'll say we've these, that and the other. We, we haven't got a midfield at the moment and until that gets fixed or sorted. And I look at a player like Moise Caicedo and we've said it for a long time on this show, he is the ideal player for our midfield. 
He is energy. He's nonstop movement, running. And it's sickening when you see, I don't care what other teams do. Right? You can't control what other teams do. You can't control what Liverpool do. But, you know, people go mad because Chelsea signed Mudrick. Well, that's nothing really to do with us. But surely everyone can see that there has to be something done in this team because it's just not happening. Right now. It's not working. It's broke. It's fucking broke. Look my camera. It's it's gone to shit. Well, jump out there and search the button and come back in. And we I was go. going to do that and then you came to me with a question. So I'm like, I better no, just hold on. Now. We go on. You can have a few minutes off and you can search the film. Um, Shani, um, you know, we're in, we're in this period now where there's a lot of blame game going on. All right? So... You know, and listen, everyone's entitled to an opinion with regards to it. Um, everyone's entitled to what they feel is the problem or who is the problem or what individual or whatever it might be, right? And like I said, we're going to talk about a possible Qatari bid later on. And, you know, Klopp does cut a very frustrated figure. Um, I was saying to you a couple, a couple of shows ago, maybe a week ago, that, you know, I'm nearly at the point where... I'd, if Klopp has an issue with FSG in regards to he wants he wants A, B or C and he's not getting it, I'd nearly rather Klopp come out and say, listen, I, I want something, but I can't get it. Just yeah. to get some sort of realism yeah. on this because it's, it's just like, it's it's just like two things like FSG and Klopp saying very little, right? But everyone else having loads to fucking say about it without anything being said. And that's a frustration. Um, but Shani, they look broken to me. They... They look out of ideas. They look out of... They didn't look motivated for me yesterday. They didn't even look motivated to keep themselves in a shape and stay as a team. You know, the 10 on that pitch are going to stay within 50 yards of each other at all times, and that's how we're going to get through this. But there was none of that. It was very ragged. It was very... The, the press up front was mad to me yesterday. But, Shani, you have to all... Like, A, you have to all keep together, Right? But, Absolutely, yeah. right? They have to keep together because that's just the way it is, and and they've been together for so many years. I'm not gonna. I don't think they're. I don't think anyone out there is intentionally letting anyone else down. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is at the moment. But oh, surely, anyway. yeah. But surely, Shani, whether it's FSG or whether it's Klopp or whether it's players that just need to be told they're not good enough for their own fucking sake at this stage, right? It has to be identified now as to what the problem is, Shani, and it has to be acted on. And I know you're going on about writing off seasons and. But it's a lot of money to be writing off and stuff like that. But surely is between them all now, Shani, they have to turn and say, this is definitely wrong. We're going to have to make some very harsh decisions on people. And we're going to have to identify it and sort it. And literally, Shani, they have two weeks to sort something here. Just to put the first step in. because, And the reason I'm saying this to you, Shani, is because I was listening to the Anfield rap after the game yesterday. right? This morning I was listening to it. And Neil Atkinson said, I have no problem with transition season. But I'm seeing fuck all the transition." Like nothing's changed to make you go that's transition yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just want and when I heard that I went you know what he's right because you need to see something happening if we treat new players you're going to go this is what's happening but there's none of that Shani it has to be identified and it has to be sorted and we're going to have to be absolutely ruthless in this whether it's Klopp the owners they live wherever it might be something definitely has to happen something has to come out here Shani where people can go ah okay this is where we're going yeah but Again, like I think fans look at everything the bit like look at the small picture of everything. But I think it's time now to look at the small picture. We need to what can we do to change it now? If we're going off what Klopp said, now I've said many times on the podcast before, Jorgen Klopp's pension to a little lie here and there. He's told plenty of them. 
Um, um, and he's come out and admitted that at times. But you need to think, right, if we aren't going to acquire any more players in, in the next two weeks, what can we do to fix it? I think the answer would start with not playing a fucking 4 3 3, changing her up. Like, if it's not working now, it's not going, but they're just not going to, we can't be reignited. We can't reignite the squad that we have now, Gav, because to be honest with you, um, it's it's all just being glossed over. I think this is a lot harder for people to take. I'll speak on my own behalf. It's a lot harder for me to take because how good we were last year. But I think we're paying the price now for a 60-game season that we had last year. And it's a, it's a, it's a hangover completely because... I spoke to Steve O'Daly, formerly of this parish uh, today. I had a good chat with him. And, like, if you actually look back to last season, this didn't start in August. This didn't start the way to Fulham. This was creeping into the team since March last year. There was a lot of games in the run-in where we were going behind in games and making it difficult for ourselves. And the midfielders looked leggy. And we, we looked fucking tired. And they haven't added to them. So, it's getting to a stage now, Gav, where... You can blame the club or the recruitment or whatever it is, but you can only point the finger right now at Jurgen Klopp because you need to think of what exactly is he doing mm. to, to mitigate this situation. And it's the same approach every week. Am I making the same mistakes? We're going 1-0 behind most weeks. It's a 4-3-3. The defence have no protection. Strikers have no, no service. So, like, what do you expect? You don't even have to be good to beat Liverpool anymore. Now, if I'm being honest with you, the game was background noise to me yesterday because I didn't get to see it until today when I looked. But Brighton were well worth that three points. They pissed all over us. Like we were so that we rode our luck all the way in the first half. And that's just the way it's been now, Gav. Because we the problem is when you're such a well oiled machine for years and years and years, and everyone is drilled in the same way, and you don't have just 11 players in the squad who know that role, when you have 16, 17 players in the squad, that know their role. It just makes it a lot easier for all to gel and walk. There was key cogs in the Liverpool's in the key key cogs in the Liverpool machine that existed and it was all built on the foundation of that midfield. Now that's gone, Gav. That's completely gone. And we haven't even competed in games. That's the worst thing. So what Klopp needs to do is now find a way to protect what he has, at least make it difficult to play against. You know what I mean? If you can't press them on the edge of their box fucking sit back look to hit them on the break change her up a little bit we had these conversations in October November when we were going into the back end of the group stage of the Champions League and we needed a few results to get through and we all said what are we going to do here to make this change like there's tools in the team that he has there he doesn't have what he needs to play a Jorgen Klopp 4-3-3 we know that now we knew that then you know it, it, it's so fucking hard now I'm not going to sit here digging out Jorgen Klopp telling him I want them out you can criticise a fella, but at the same time believe that he's going to turn around. But I just think it's physically past a couple of these players now doing what's needed of them. And I actually think it's at a stage now where it's unfair on them. Because I'd imagine if you had Jordan Henderson in a room on his own, he'd be happy for someone to go in there and replace him and Henderson to play half the games in the season. Like they're not getting any younger midfield. Like they're all nearly fit now, Gav, and we still don't have what we need. We didn't have what we needed in August. You know what I mean? So 
I actually think now I'm starting to feel a little bit sorry for some. Now there is players in that squad that I have no sympathy for, and I won't name them because it's not getting into that. Like it's not a fucking Brendan Rogers envelope job. Like <laughs> that, there's just players in the squad. I feel they haven't really done enough for Liverpool when they've been fit, and they're kind of just getting away right now. I feel sorry for the likes of Salah, Gakpo. I feel sorry for Hendo. Thiago now has a target on his back because all of a sudden it's his fault. Like it couldn't be further from the truth. He's probably the only one in the midfield doing his job. Now he was horrendous yesterday, but on another half, he's been playing in midfield on his own for most weeks. Fabinho's been better since he's come back from the World Cup, but again, he's he's playing a number six with two weights to either side of him who don't know what they're doing. And then you have a back four who literally won't pass and they're getting attacked. We don't control games anymore. And if you don't control games, you at least have to battle. We don't battle in games anymore. And if you don't battle, you have to rely on moments of magic. And the only one who's provided moments of magic for us this year is fucking Allison and goal. So that's why we're so far down the table. Now, it's up to Klopp now to dig in because I'm still looking at the league table going, this is actually salvageable. Like, it's come, Gav, I beat people at home around saying I'm worried about the future of the club. I think that's bollocks. I genuinely believe two functional midfielders in the next couple of weeks in this window will get everyone up and running. Honestly, I genuinely do. I think I think this season could be transformed. I go back to something that I, I hate the cunt, but I think he does make he makes valid points the other time. Gary Neville would say, you're never as bad as you think you are. You're never quite as far away as you think you need to go. One or two players can transform a team. Case in point, Casemiro and Eriksen at United this year. Two players in the engine room have completely transformed their outlay. The, the forms of Granit Xhaka this year who has been fucking immense in the Premier League and Odegaard immense. At the highest level, Gav, games are won and lost in the midfield. Your midfield, if your midfield are combative enough, it will leave, it will protect your defence enough and give the magic makers up top enough time in the game to, to weave the magic. The boys are getting no fucking saves yesterday. We were no threat at all to Brighton. No threat at all. We've become a soft touch. And I know, I understand, and I do, I, re- I share people's frustrations with the owners and this, that and the other. And and it is hard when you hear a club going, it can't be fixed in one window. Yeah, but it can, Jürgen. Could have been done five windows ago. Mm. We're not asking for a hundred million Mudrick. We're not asking for a fucking, we're not even asking for a 60 million Coisado now. Just go back to being clever. Yeah. Go back to being clever. Bring someone, again, enablers. We need enablers in this team. Yeah, and I think but, I, I, I genuinely I back clock. I think we'll turn it around. I think this is a lot harder to stomach for everyone, just being how good we are. And I'll put my hands up and I'll only speak for myself. And it's not a fucking this isn't a, an acceptance of mediocrity. I found myself last year when we got beaten in the Champions League final. We went out to watch the game. We lost and I acted like a fucking complete dickhead. I went home and I was like, This is ridiculous. I should be enjoying this. And I didn't. And the thing that came to me was, do you know what? There's a little bit of entitlement there at the setting in with me in terms of we're not entitled to win every fucking game. We used to outwalk and outrun everybody. We earned the right to be top of fucking European football, Champions League finals year in, year out, going 90 point seasons. No matter what you say, these things were done, but it was built on fucking hard work. It was all built on hard work and technical ability and players rowing in. Who wanted Mane before we bought him? Who wanted Salah before we bought him? Who wanted Genie before we bought him? 
We got Matip for free. We built a fucking cornerstone and the thing on him. We got Robertson for eight million from Hull. We've kind of forgotten what got us to the yeah. dance. And in, and in the meantime, we haven't really done enough. They haven't done enough. We needed midfielders then. We need them now. We're not going to get them. So it's up the clock now to turn it around. But you need to keep focus upon the team. Don't yeah. be buying into the shit you see on the internet where you're reading stuff on the internet that's not true. And then when it doesn't happen, you get upset. Because it, mm. it, it's completely ridiculous when you think about it. I mean it. It's so well, well, look, How long have we said that? But the, but the thing and is, like, the thing to, is... We need to dig in. There's players trying. People turn around saying they're a fucking disgrace and they're not trying. They're bollocks. They're mentally yeah. exhausted. They went to war. Look across the way. City are the same. City yeah. are on their knees. If they didn't have a fella who 21 league goals before Christmas, they'd be bollocks. Yeah, no, like, City are on their knees. They're scrap. They're only might be five point up, but they're nowhere near the level. No, they've completely dropped off, and they can turn around. No, no, no. I don't think City are anywhere near the level, and I think, and I think, in fairness, I think people are being a little bit unfair in Arsenal because they're going at a serious rate. That's been excellent. Yeah, they're going, they're going at a serious rate, but like the way Liverpool and City would be, they'd usually be right with them, if not ahead of them. Even if Arsenal won fifteen and drawn one and lost or drawn two and lost one or something, they could possibly be ahead of them because that's what Liverpool and City do. But you know, Mm -hmm. you see all this stuff like. um, you know, or people questioning Klopp's future and stuff like that, and I'm kind of looking, going, ah, "Come on, you know." But Emma, I think where I think what that's born out of again goes back to we're sitting watching Jurgen Klopp, and we don't know where he stands on all this because Jurgen Klopp probably, in, in, in fairness, he's probably right by not telling us where he stands on it because you end up opening a whole new kind of worms between him and his employers. Let's be honest. But you know, we look back, Emma, at this summer and. We all said in the summer we needed a midfielder. We all said it, right? And it didn't happen. And we've gone along and Klopp kind of came out towards the end of that window and said, look, he's probably right and stuff like that. And they went to go Arthur Mello. Now, Arthur Mello's played no football. 13 minutes, I think, away at Napoli. He's played no football. The midfield has got progressively worse, right? And, you know, I'm not saying Van Dijk has been excellent this season. I'm not saying most of them. But you can see where it's coming from. You know, it's... It, we're, we're afraid to press up front because if we if, if we, anyone gets beyond that, the midfield's being passed around and, and these boys at the back are being expo- exposed and, and being attacked very openly, right? But Emmett, we're, we're two, two and a half weeks into, into January. Now, if the club thought they needed a midfielder at the end of August, at the very end of August, they decided, oh, we do need one, and they get one and he doesn't fucking play, and you watch this stuff, surely they haven't changed their mind come January the 4th on a midfielder. You know, now I have put it out there and it's kind of hard to have an opinion on, on Liverpool and the squad and the and the owners because sometimes people just think you're arguing with them. But I kind of look at it in a way where I'm not arguing, I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate because the way they function and whether you like that or you don't like it, just the way it is, right? But they're probably looking now at midfield going, we've 10 or 11 of these pricks in midfield and we can't get rid of any of them and many we're meant to bring in. And that's why I go back to the rootlessness where you're just going to have to go for... His own sake, he has to go. His own sake, he has to be told he's not a forced fucking man on the sheet anymore, whoever that might be, pick a name. But Emmett, we're two and a half weeks in and nothing has changed. It's got worse in midfield with more numbers than we had before Klopp said we don't need midfielders, right? Even though he hasn't played. And here we are talking about midfielders. And I'll go back to Emmett. They have to identify. And it's right in front of them what's wrong. But it just seems to be a reluctance on, on, on fixing it. 
And and people will say, oh, well, Liverpool do business quietly. And they absolutely do. But they need to do it quicker. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it as quiet as you want, but when nothing is happening, you know, something has to be done. Like, Or are we all going mad? No, look, something definitely does have to be done. But it, you said it there. You're probably looking at the, the numbers that we actually have. Or I don't know. where. See, again, is this is, is Clock <laughs> deciding not to, to do it or our FSG not allowing them to do it? There's no kind of... The, the waters are kind of muddy there. Um, but it's in, it's the actual numbers that we have. So, the, like, if you go to your boss and say, uh, you need something, they'll go, but you have this, why aren't you using this? Or, like, he has Artemelo and Cade's back and you're playing Ox and this. it's it's just, I think it's a, I don't want to say he needs to get rid of players to get them in, because we all know that that's the way they do it. But the ruthlessness I, I thought should have been done in January where, we just, I think you've said it as well, is that you just write off Ox and Kate's contract. Just just get them off the books. You're free to go, mutual consent, and then just try and get a midfielder in. Um, I honestly thought a midfielder would have been top of the list and then we signed Gakpo. I'm not disappointed that we signed Gakpo, but it's just like, and you do see people saying it, we need a midfielder and we bought a winger. Um, so you can understand people's frustration. Um we also I think Shawnee said we need two in January. I thought we need maybe one. Um Keith, I think you said we need four in total last week. Um mm. but definitely one in in uh January. But Shawnee's right, it doesn't need to be a Husado, it doesn't need to be a big money a big money name, it just needs to be functional for that midfield. And it's it's getting more and more frustrating. And I mentioned earlier on with the club apologising to the crowd and him snapping in his uh, press conference the other day. And you, you kind of get, is he is his mask slipping with the kind of the right midfielder? I, I, I don't particularly like that, by the way, because as soon as you go knocking for the midfielder, they ramp up the price because they know, well, this must be the right midfielder. Um, yeah. Something has to change. <clears throat> something has to change this month. Um, I think... It's great if you had a fully fit squad to try different formations, but what we're doing is we're playing like Thiago. I think Chris mentioned it earlier on, and he mentioned it yesterday as well. Yesterday as well, he kind of he kind of played in a, a ten role. He's not played in a ten role for something like ten years, um, and he was absolutely lost. So you're putting square pegs into round holes at the moment, um, and uh, like I said, it looks like he's treading water. But we need something, or else by when I don't see top four if we don't get something in. And Sean is right. One, if you look at last January, we weren't particularly doing great. We were 14 points behind City and we brought in Diaz and it kind of gave everybody that little bit of a, a pep in their step. And we went on that, that run and got within a point of them. So one one signing can change this um, and, and kind of give everybody a boost. Um, I'm not going to get on people's backs and say that they're... They're not trying, but I'm not sure whether anybody, and this might be a little bit controversial, I was speaking to Stephen Murphy about this earlier on to see if he saw it. At the end of the game yesterday, while Klopp was off apologising, the camera switched to Trent, and he had a bit of a smirk on his face as though, I don't know whether anybody else saw that. Maybe go back and look at it. Trent posted then today on Instagram yesterday. Did he? Yeah, he said it's not good enough. I don't, I can't, I just, I don't see any of these players turning on Klopp. No, I, that, I don't see that ever being a thing, um, to be honest with you. I really don't. No. 
Like it didn't even happen at Dortmund. That didn't happen at Dortmund. The the thing at Dortmund was more of a demission for Klopp, more of a, a resignation is to say, look, I think I've taken him to the brink. But I think Klopp knows. He does. He knows we're in his heart and hearts. With a little bit more push and a little bit more investment from the owner side, they'll do wonders again. I think he knows that. I think he knows that has the squad of players there. We'll get them all in, we'll row in. And I think he won't even have to wield the axe this summer um, with some of these focus. It'll naturally happen. Because they're going. Yeah, yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to naturally happen with three. But you, like I said, like we said this a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at the midfield, you know, even if you bring in three and lose three, you have to look at the others that are there and kind of go, well, we're probably going to have to do this again in about 18 months' time, if not before that. Yeah, but we'll keep starting again. And the thing is, look, we're going to get into it. I don't think. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I think we're going to have new owners for the for the real, for the fucking rebuild. Like, you should never be rebuilding your team if you're challenging with titles. You should only ever mm. be talking about But we let it go. We, we've had this conversation time and time again, so I don't think there's a point of it. Like, it, it's just... It's a lot of bollocks, if I'm being honest. If I'm going to be quite frank with it. It's a lot of bollocks that in the last six windows... Thiago was the only midfielder who fit the right, the right midfielder um, that we actually went and bought. And then you've a too many and there's no plan B. Now, I don't care how far you are up fucking FSG's arse or whatever side of the fence you sit on. Like, that's unforgivable, in my opinion. That there was that window in the summer for too many. The window that went after, uh, which is this window. Uh, and there hasn't been someone identified who can bring the team on. Now, there's a fucking, a golden fucking, golden egg-laying goose in the corner, not so much an elephant that's, that looks like it could be in the future. And that would go to explaining an awful lot. But it's just so fucking frustrating that the people who have overseen this, and I'm going to say the people because we don't know whether it's Klopp, we don't know whether it's Ward, we don't know whether it's a fucking conglomerate of them all. They have literally wasted a year of Jorgen Klopp. He, he's, he's signed a contract extension. You may as well have told him to go and fucking garden and leave for a year because they haven't given him exactly what he needed. You know what I mean? I don't. I, no, I think I think the, I think a fair thing to say is that they don't. They the haven't. Club, and the club as a have, whole haven't put yeah, themselves in the position look, for what they need because, like look, you said, we don't know. And and. I'm nearly hesitant yeah, to say this because when I say it, people go, "Oh, you're 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 fucking making excuses for FSG." To, I don't give a fuck about FSG. What yeah, I'm saying is, to, if I knew more, if I if, if I had Klopp sitting there in front of me going, "Yeah, I do I do need two midfielders, 100. I need two midfielders, and midfielders aren't happening," I can easily sit there and go, "Well, he wants them, and he's not fucking getting them." So it's very yeah. easy to go down that route. Sorry, Mohammed Abbas with a super chat he said, "We spent up front but not midfield." I blame the players over the managers or owners. I fear for Klopp, two quality midfielders and our forwards back. I honestly believe Klopp era has more trophies in it. Yeah, Keith. absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Keith, can I, can I just on, say, 
Fisher ones because I just wanted to say something there. Like, if you go back to Klopp's fourth full season in Bradley, um, my camera might played, I think that's because wasn't COVID 19 and it's 2023 now. So, I coined a last dog concept of years. I think 2017 is Klopp's fourth full season, is it? 16 17. 16 17. We're top of the league at Christmas, yeah, going into. Is, there, is that true? Mm-hmm. We are close with the Pinos and Chelsea on there. Amazing like that. And Mane goes off to Afcon. All right. Yeah. Now, I, think, I think. I think we lose. I think we might. We lose didn't start a goal in January around that New Year's time. I think. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't. They gambled then. All right, and the gamble paid off because we were ahead of schedule. We we got in. We we actually made top four on the last day. All right. That was the goal. Then. We win the Champions League and they bring in Abby Elliott and Adrian and Seb van der Beek. Now, you could say that's a gamble, but I think if you're looking at it, that squad had enough in it to go and deal with it again because the year we won the Champions League, we're only a point off winning the double. Yeah, we're a point behind City in the title. Then, after we win the title, they bring in a few players. That's fine. They, they do enough. I'd say Jota and Thiago and he probably should have got a centre half to replace Lovren right didn't happen ended up in a fucking disaster situation they have gambled so many times these owners they've rolled the dice time and time again and Klopp bailed them out and they they rolled the dice again this summer by not getting them a feel and fuck me what, what paying dividends with now this has nothing got to do with injuries it's just literally got to do with the personnel we have unable to carry out the tasks that they usually do so again i don't want these fuckers gambling with the greatest manager we ever had in my lifetime i don't want these fuckers gambling i want him being back club is i don't want I'd him gambling either though shani yeah yeah but i think he's not Cav, club is all about fucking he's all about harmony he's He's not gonna rock the ball with the owners no matter how he feels. Mm. He probably goes home to Owlet and burns the ears off after two hours going. Yeah. These fucking bastards won't give me a ten. He, he'll never do it in public. Never. He might even do it. The- Van Dijk is Van Dijk has pressed it a little bit in the last couple of times he's been in that and he was like, Yeah, well, we could always deal with more quality and this and that and the other. And he said at the World Cup, yeah, it'd be nice to know what's going on in terms of the takeover. There's nothing we can do, but hopefully it's sorted to him. So Obviously, it's something that wears on the players. I just hope the players can all row in behind each other and do all they can. Because looking at the teams that's ahead of us, we can catch them all. I mean, and I'm being serious. With, with a little bit of help and a little bit of chopping and changing, they can catch them all. One midfielder even. Someone who can just allow the others to do that fucking job. And, and it looks like it's not happening now because of timing. Because we're obviously going to get on to a later, but maybe something's happening in the background. Well, Jamrock says we lost one midfielder and uh, lost four forwards and ball four. So, you know what? I think he's saying when one comes in, one comes out and all that sort of stuff. But, but Keith, the Cody Gakbo thing, right? You know, Liverpool are probably looking at going, Jota's an issue with Jota. There's an issue with Luis Diaz, right? We do, mm-hmm. Diaz is meant to be March. Jota is meant to be around the same time, right? You've got Firmino who looks, he's out of contract at the end of the summer or at the end of the season. And nothing, there was a lot around that around just before Christmas, but it's gone very quiet on that. And Cody Gakbo comes up, and Liverpool see an opportunity and go, you know what, we need someone now, and we might need someone in the future. It's well worth doing, and they do it, right? 
and that's absolutely fine. And you know, Emmett says that Diaz comes in last season, and it's like it, you know, it gives everyone a lift. And there is players there that look lost. There is players there that look like they don't the legs, and it's a bit groundhog day. Or here we fucking go again. We have to go and play this system, and it's the same fellas, and they're probably getting sick of looking at fucking each other at this stage, right? How much would a signing be? Not not just for on the pitch and getting legs in there. Like even even the looks of it, it that that lad tore him at thirty million euros, right? Anyone? How big a lift could it be, Keith? Right? Both in what we can have in midfield, but not only that, what it could do for everyone else around them. That might have got comfortable in that position and you kind of go, oh, hold on a minute. There's a fucking fella in here now and I might be fucking playing every week. Although, playing on this side is probably a fucking penance at the moment. But just that, like the lads have said, just that little burst that gives everyone. Where you go, there's a new player in the door, everyone gets excited, you know, and, and he comes in, he's all energy, he wants to improve and you get six months out of him where he's integrating into the side. It just makes sense across the board, doesn't it? Yeah, but the worry has to be the right player. And I think you touched on that gives the energy. For example, we can't go out now and sign Sanderberg and expect that to give the energy that this team needs. If you look at Liverpool down the years, and it, from Klopp, sorry, Klopp's here at Liverpool, and you look at who was the first catalyst in his team, Adam Lallana. Now, Adam Lallana fucking ran, rings around us yesterday. Adam Lallana was the one that ran like a bollocks and everyone followed him. Roberto Firmino runs and presses like a madman and everyone follows him. It doesn't take... It's not going to take four midfielders in this window to fix this. It's one player will, in my opinion, and I know fuck all, right? So one player can fix it, but it has to be a midfield player with energy because if you bring in... I'm not going to bang on about Caicedo because he's the one I like the most, but... You know, if you bring in a player like that, of that profile, that will run, that has energy. And if you're on the team and you see one fella chasing after blade and lost causes, remember Robertson done it against Man City in his first yeah. year, wasn't it? And he chasing over to the other side. And the, the crowd got a lift. The team was, we were good then. Like the team was giving a lift and all that. And that's all it could take is a little spark like that. We don't have the players to do that. We don't literally have a midfielder in the squad now that can do that. Do you know what I mean? There's none of them. None of them can has the energy to do that now. And no one's going to follow. Like, what are you going to follow? Jordan Henderson crawling around the pitch. Fabinho, while he is better, is not fast. Thiago, lovely player. We're biggest Thiago fans around we are on this show. But doesn't have the legs. You need someone in there that has to be a, a player that can that can run and can press and can hurry. Because if you give that spark, Diaz last season... And I, Gakpo isn't going to be that for me because he's not that type of player. But Diaz was a little tigerish, little run around. You know what I mean? He was sort of edge of the seat, got you up and, and was all action. And if you see a player doing that, that rejuvenated the squad and gave them that little kick and pushed them on for the, for the end of last season. It has to be the right player. It has to be a player with energy. We know Jamrock's point that, you know, one midfielder goes out, one comes in, four forwards go out, four forwards come in. That's fine. But... <clears throat> And, and people in the chat are saying, you know, we need three midfielders, but we're not going to get three midfielders no. in the next two weeks. No, which simply not. We, we, you're right, what you're saying. We need three, but and that's and that's simply because, you know, three look like they leave the club, so you need to bring three in to, to you know, recuperate those numbers. You could actually go further than that. I think Liverpool probably need to sign five, if not six, midfielders in the next eighteen months. 
Well, you see, I think, so what I think it is, right, we look at the makeup of this midfield now, and the reality is, right, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, two young players, they're getting a lot of stick. If you bring in, let's say, two midfielders, right, because unless we get new owners, it's not going to be a big, massive rebuild. But let's say, for example, we'll throw in he who shall not be named, Joe Bellingham. And we throw in one other, right? We throw in one other with that, right? If you're bringing in two high-level players, you, you're going to lose Ox, you're going to lose Katie, you're going to lose Milner, you're going to lose Arthur Mello. But I don't think you need to bring in four to replace that four. It'd be a sad day. It'd be a sad day. Just to make the numbers up to four, you know. But you're going to lose them, right? But I don't think you need to bring in four. If you bring in two players that are going to become centrepieces of your midfield and you put a Thiago alongside them or a Fabinho and you have players there that can play, the problem with their midfield is they're not not robust enough in the main part. So Ox, Ox, Kate, all these lads, Mello, uh, Milner... I wouldn't be surprised if he got a new deal. Do you know, Henderson, not not um, robust enough. And the problem is you, you get one, they'll come out, you lose a midfielder, and then you're looking at Bicetic again, and you're looking at the scratching your head at possibly recalling Tyler Martin from loan, and you know you're in blade trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can bring in, they're not going to bring in four, but if they bring in two of the right players, and then what they should have been doing, and we've said all along, is they should have been bringing in one in the summer, bringing one the summer before that. Do you know what I mean? And build your future-proof your midfield that way. They don't know what the other areas of the team, but they've ignored the midfield. So I just think one player will get it. One player will change that team now in January. Well, but it has player, to be the right one, player. It has to be like, the right player. PMAC says they're two is the minimum now, not in the summer now. It's not... No, I can't see that happening. Happen, and man. listen, I, I'll take three now, right? Yeah. I'll take fucking three now, no problem. I'd like when you get beyond this season and, and if you bring in three midfielders, you're still gonna have to look at Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago because of age, form, whatever whatever bracket you want to put them in. You're gonna have to look at is Elliot a midfielder, right? Or can he excel with more fucking legs around him? I don't know. You're gonna have to look at Jones. Is he too injury prone? Does he get into this squad? You're gonna have to look at loads. Even if you bring in three, you're gonna have to look at whatever's left there. Right on top of that tree, you're gonna to have to question for di- different reasons over the next year, eighteen months from now. I think there's no doubt about it. Darius Hyde's put a super chat in, and it's led me on brilliantly. So thanks. Um, and this is what I'm gonna ask you. Okay, I have two questions to come for both of you, or the tree is two questions for the tree is before we leave. Right. By the way, um, we need two hundred and thirty-seven likes in this show the top 600 across two shows which means that um Kieran Tom will pay up his 600 pounds um towards our charity thing he told us to pick four shows over the month we want to do it in two shows over two days um because we want really want to get this money in and start rolling for mm-hmm. breast cancer but um if you keep hitting the like button there's 600 people watching so if you smack that like button because you like it or you want to help charity for either reason doesn't matter, bother us hit the like button please get us to I think we need about I think it's 237, something along that lines. Anyway, um, <clears throat> here's the super chat from Darius. He says, okay, let's say we don't sign anyone um, in this window, which is entirely impo- entirely possible, he says. <coughs> what then, right? 
Um, and I'm I'm not even reading that. It's it's blocked on my screen. I'm just doing it from memory. But Sean, I'll come to you, right? You don't sign anyone, you get one, whatever it might be, okay? What do we have to do as players? What do we do have to do as a manager? Because forget the owners for a minute. If they're not if no one's gonna be signed, it's down to the manager, it's down to his assistant, the staff, and these players. What do they need to do between now and the end of the season to get Liverpool as high as they can on this table or go as far as they can in the European competition or wherever it might be? What do they need to do? And I'm gonna ask all three, but I'll start with Sean. I think Klopp needs to come up with a system to protect the troubled areas of the squad. Um like i.e. the midfield he needs to come up with some sort of system where maybe it's I, I think formations can be always tight but maybe a 4-2-3-1 where he has Thiago and Fabinho sitting and then he has someone like a, a Carvalho or Elliot running around in a number 10 which have positions more suited to them and just like teams lining up going okay what are we doing here what, what like what sort of um, set up by Liverpool coming with it this week. We need to become a team that's hard to play against again. Great. That's hard to build up. That'll come with results. Um, we developed that at the back of the run when we won 10 in a row when all the players were injured. We started to find ways to win again. Uh, 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 Alisson Hedda turns the season on its head after a couple of good results. People saying we're 10 points off United. Honestly, I don't even think it's a big gap. I think there's going to be double game weeks all over the place. There's going to be swings. We just have to start winning games. And and it sounds simple, but it can happen. It genuinely can happen. And you need to think of Newcastle as well. What's their sort of pedigree? So we need to continue to look forward. But I do think club's biggest task now is, if, not, if nobody comes in, finding a system that protects the midfield and that allows the forward players a fucking chance to get on the game, into the game. So that's what I'd look to do. We play Wolves on Tuesday. I, I'm being deadly serious with you. I couldn't give a bollocks about it. But Chelsea, I think, is, is Chelsea next mm-hmm. to Anfield. Yeah. Am I right? Half 12 one? next Saturday, I think. Yeah. But when I see half 11, I wake up half 11 Saturday morning and I want to look at the, what's the story here with the, with the lineup? What way are we lining up? I don't want to see 4 3 3 anymore because it's clearly not working. Not with what we have. It's not going to start walking. These players aren't going to magically get legs. That's the problem. This is not an ability thing. It's a physicality issue. So what you need to do is fucking provide a system for these players and do change it up. He's got to change it up because 4-3-3 is clearly not walking and it's infuriating to watch because teams just fucking cut through us like hot water and when we get the ball it's like a hot potato. We've no control in games anymore. No control in games anymore. And that's what we need. We need club to find a way. Because it's not all of a sudden that these are all shy players. We still got fucking best in class in the world. In some of yeah, they're our form, of course. But this can be easily turned around. Easily turned around with a body in the window. I de- I do. But if that doesn't happen, it's back to the drawing ball with club and find a way. To give these world car players like Salah and Nunes and Gakbo now and, and, and Carvalho and Elliot, give them a platform to fucking perform. What do we have to lose at this stage? What do we have to lose at this stage? Uh, Let's be honest. 
Seriously. No, we're, we're sitting around ninth in the table. Um, exactly. I think we have a game in hand, I think, on Newcastle. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have Two to win. Them. What? We've two in hand over Fulham, who are miles ahead of us as well. Yeah, no, you, but you look at the top four, you have a game in hand, I think, over Newcastle. But again, you're 10 points or whatever off them. Um, but seven sounds a lot better than 10. You know what I mean? We're, we're just over half the season to go. Um, Jamrock with a super chat says, JK, uh, Jürgen Klopp repeatedly says he won't force any players out. Um, there was another super chat in there as well from Cam J. He says, Thiago on his debut broke the record for passes made. With his given goals and true balls, now he's been now man's now running and pressing all over the pitch with coaching. Um, we've discussed this loads. You know, when, when you have a player like Thiago, I'm not saying Thiago can't press a football or press mm-hmm. a player, but you have to complement it around him. And the oil has probably come off and um, that midfield with that regards to that. And I think, in fairness, Matt was trying to bring that point across on Thursday and I think a lot of people probably because of what way Matt put it took him completely the wrong way but when he was talking to me before the show he was he was trying to tell me no look if you do Thiago you have to make sure that all the other bits that go with him are top top of their game and we made a mistake with the, you've made a mistake in signing Thiago if you're going to let this happen over here that's what I think he was trying to do on um, Thursday night but um, Emma is Shawnee bang on? Do you find the system? Do you just do you, do you just yeah. literally make it a siege mentality? You go back and look at twenty one, uh, sorry twenty twenty one when when we were um, struggling with injuries and we just kind of got it in and we just went this is the way we're fucking playing and we're doing it for six months and fuck it. You know what I mean? Is that where we need to go with this? hundred percent. Um, like man for man, if you look at those two lineups yesterday, that team, our team should be beating that team every single day of the week and um, we have the players okay they might be bollocks at the moment but we look you mentioned and i had to drop off there for a sec um elliot is getting dogs because he's been played in the midfield he wasn't bought to play in midfield i think he was him and carvalho are probably bought with the four two three one formation probably in mind but because of injuries and and other things elliot is being deployed in midfield um, and that's why he's getting dogs abuse I think I think Klopp might be scared off after the first half yesterday and he'll probably revert to type and go back to 4-3-3 next Brilliant. week um, because we were talking about it in the telegram yesterday when the match was going on and I thought it was a 4-2-3-1 and then uh, somebody I think it was Kevin said it was a 4-4-2 and then um, I think it was, I can't remember who else was, it was a 4-2-2. Whatever it was, it was wrong. Um, and it was probably the people that they play. I, I wouldn't have started Hendo. I probably would have started Fabinho and Thiago. And then I would have had maybe Elliot Salah Gakbo or, or, or somebody else in the tree. Uh, I wouldn't have had Thiago in the 10. Um, I think he was absolutely wasted. Um, but yeah, we do need to... We need to find you could use Tuesday. I, I I think Klopp would be as happy to write off Tuesday as we would. Use that to play players that maybe wouldn't necessarily play and change your formation. See how it goes. It's a it's a one off game and if you go out, big fucking deal. And with a view to what you're gonna do going forward for the rest of the season. We do, we spoke last week about Carvalho. I don't know whether he's just been pulled back from the team, he hasn't been brought on, he's been in squads all right, but we don't know what's going on there. But um, 
I would just use Tuesday as a kind of a an experiment, let's say, and and try and see maybe go again with the way he went yesterday, but maybe with different personnel and different positions, because yesterday definitely didn't work, and I thought Thiago being in the ten was a waste. He should have been in with with uh, Fabinho in the two. Mm. But, um, it, it's it's get to get to the end of the season. Uh, look, I agree with Johnny. One player could can turn it around. Ten points isn't. There's people in the chat saying ah, it's an awful lot. It's an awful lot with the way we're playing. But in the grand scheme of things, ten points isn't an awful Yeah, it's an, yeah. an awful lot of you are chasing a Man City team that just fucking relentlessly yeah. won all the time. But there's there's a mismatch of lad teams in there. There we are thinking now they're probably looking at us going where fucking spend force. Don't buy into it all. No. We can turn it around. These did not. I would. I would say. Them. I would say most of them, clubs around them, United and Newcastle included, are probably looking. Going. This is a huge chance for us, because yeah, these probably won't be this bad again. Um, if yeah. they, you know, because Liverpool, in fairness, over the course with Klopp, you know, they've been fucking excellent, and they're probably looking as a bit of surprise. And the same with City. You know, someone saying there, City are only a point better off than us over the last ten games or something like that. Something mad, which doesn't feel like that. It feels like City have dropped points in maybe two or three games, and it's it's hurting because of their level. Whereas we we're just dropping points in fucking every every game. We really. would have to be shit the same year their shit, wouldn't we? Yeah. Ah, but, yeah. Listen, but it doesn't. But the thing is, but the thing is, like. Arsenal have replaced City with the form they're in. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's it's gonna be still be a hard uh, league to win. And I don't think it's a great league. When I don't think it is anyway. Um but Arsenal I think Arsenal I hope Arsenal go on and win it, um to be honest with you. because um, anybody bar City for me. Um but Or about um, you or or Leicester, because I couldn't fancy that like, fucker winning the league. Um <coughs> but Keith, you know, Going back to basics, doing this, doing that. And like, like I said yesterday, when I'm, when I'm watching that game, I'm looking and going, why are the front three 40 yards away from this midfield again? Yeah. We're wandering around and trying to interchange while they're pressing. And then when it, when it, when a pass goes into... And Brighton knew what they were doing. Brighton were just going, just pop it there nice and slow, and then bang, one into midfield. And then Saicedo turns, or whoever turns, and it's like, right, where's the next one? Because when the next pass goes, this is where we're going to trigger everything. And... You know, we can go back to basics, Keith, and we can put more men, fellas in the middle of midfield, but we've three of them in there. How many more do you want to put in the middle of midfield? But it, And Shawnee's touched on something where we didn't look a threat. You know, even... But to me, it was all about being compact, and loads of people said, don't play the high line and stuff like that. And I, I kind of get that. But if you're going to drop off as a team, you drop off as a team. You can't put your attacking three up there running around after their full-backs and after their centre-halves, and then massive gaps in midfield, and they're just picking you apart. Do we, Keith, do we just go back to where we just make this pitch smaller? Where we, you know, we just get so compact that we make it smaller, and then we have to trust ourselves in the likes of Salah or whoever that we, we can go and hold teams from there, because right now, I thought the front three just looked completely lost yesterday as to do we press, do we come back and help, and then you had full-backs like Trent going to go into midfield to try help or push up into that onto that line in midfield then kind of going oh no I won't and it was just they seem very unsure of themselves they seem very hesitant in everything they've done and making it very simple makes it easier for players to kind of follow that fucking instruction is that do you agree is that where we go are you trying to say Trent into midfield is the no no I just found a lot yesterday where where when Brighton were literally setting this trap you could see Trent edging and when he when he edged so far and Brighton made that pass, then you could see Trent going, Well, I'm here now, do I fucking stay on this line? 
with Fabinho and whoever, or do I drop back into? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of them. You know, at the end of the day, I agree that the formation can't stay as it is, and you can't have you can't play the high line if you're not going to press like fuck, right? We're not pressing, so we can't play a high line. We have to go back to basics. We have to go back to heavy metal football, nearly that club play that was just a bit more. And that's I, I nearly want us to be a bit more conservative, but maybe it is longer balls, high balls. Let the forward run onto. It. I mean, Mohamed Salah. I think he's been dreadful um, lately, but it's probably not down to him. It's part of a system that's not working, and he's not getting the service that he that he needs. But he's one of the fastest players in the league. Darwin Nunes is the fastest player in the league. Um, Cody Gakbo doesn't look that fast. I don't think he's that fast. But we have players with pace. So try and use them. We're not utilising what, what little strengths we have. I mean, Nunes, when he's playing, is the only bright spark at the moment for me. And that's missing. He's missing blade and hat loads of chances. But he's making stuff happen. And we don't have anyone else that's making things happen. The formation, the 4 3 3 can't stay because the lads don't, we don't have the personnel. And it's a simple, and look, I'm not telling Jurgen Klopp how to coach and set up a team, but we spoke about this in the summer when we signed Carvalho that I can't see where they fit into a 4 3 3. So it looks like we're going to switch to the 4 2 3 1. And when you look at the, the situation we're in now, you've got it, the difference of a 4 2 3 1 and 4 3 3. Yeah, you still have the same personnel probably in there, but you'd have. Instead of Fabinho sitting as the pivot, you'd have two of them in there. So you'd be a bit more solid in front of the defence, in front of the back four. You'd have another lad instead of, let's say, Harvey Elliott. Let's use Harvey Elliott for an example here because he could push up maybe. You'd have him up on the 10 instead of having to watch what Trent is doing because the, the young fella isn't a midfield player. We know they switched in there last season before he'd done his ankle and he was doing really well. He's done really well in games where he's been exposed as well because he doesn't have that defensive now. So I don't see why putting him out there in what, for me, is the most pivotal part of that midfield when you have a player like Trent. You, you can't have a, a young player that doesn't do the defensive work. Now, I think Elliot would probably work better on the left side of the tree if he was playing because he's not having to babysit when Trent is going forward. Knowing when Henderson done it for years, he has to tuck in. He doesn't have it in his game. He can't do that. But if you put him in a 10, he doesn't have that responsibility or he doesn't have that that hindrance to his game. Carvalho, the same. I think Gakbo would work better with or in a 10 in that format. You know, the players we the person that we have seems to me, and look, Klopp sees them every day in training, but it seems to me like it'd work better in a 4 2 3 1. Fabinho and Thiago in your midfield, you can take one out for a rest, put in Henderson, take one out, put in Keita, and they just play that little two-man midfield instead of one one holding midfielder. And I don't care how good he is, and I don't care how good Thiago is or Hendo is, teams are walking through us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Do you know what I mean? They're worth, mm. They only have to, a couple of passes and they're through. Fabinho's not protecting the back four. He's not offering <laughs> any protection. And I'm a big Fabinho fan. I think he'll get his form back. He's starting to look a bit better than he was because he was absolutely gashed before Christmas. But the change has... can Look, if I'm not going to bring in a player, which I think we all sort of want, but if it's not going to happen, then there has to be a change in the in the formation. You know, what two... Against Leicester, the goal against Leicester that Dewsbury Hall scores... Like, is one of the worst goals I've seen against us. Right. There's been goals like Allison's one against Wolves was a, just a personal howler. Your man just walked through the blade in the whole midfield and then was bearing down on the defence and he's in on goal. Like, this is in the second minute of the game or something and he's just blading waltz and through. It wasn't like they were there for 60 minutes and a bit leggy or it just fucking walked through the team. There's no shape to Liverpool. There's it's, no formation. There's no stability or solidity there. And you have to, if you can't buy players, you have to do something with what you have. And there's an argument. There's an argument out there as well. Um, you know, maybe there's an argument we have where we just go, do you know what? No, we're not. We're going to move right up the pitch, and we're going to play that way. Do you know what I mean? Like because I find most of the time Liverpool, when they have an issue, is they're neither one nor the other. Yeah. You know, we're not pressing as a unit, and they get played around midfield. Right. And even sitting back there yesterday, it was like, yeah, well, we're not okay. We held out till half time, nil all, but it wasn't like it was easy, you know. When we are, we're fucking. We're, this is a well marshaled fucking um, ten players out there on outfield players, and you know it was it was nil all, but we're not threatening. It was it was ropey and not threatening, you know. Where probably, pace is a huge but, but this get is the out team, for but, us. But when you things. have a team stretched out so much, it makes the spaces that your midfielders have to cover bigger. Right now, if you sit deep, it makes them smaller. And but if you push really high, which Liverpool predominantly have done over the last four or five years, it also makes the areas you have to cover smaller. But you have to trust the fellas at the back if you're really high and you're really compressed and you're making the pitch small in their half. You yeah. have to trust the fellas at the back to do line. something, yeah, and that's where the issue is. It well, you can't have a lo- you can't have a high line with the we can't play a high line because our players can't press. But this is what I'm saying. We we get caught in between. I find we get caught in between lows between where there's a high line. The there's a high line. There's fellas, you know, they're, they're on the halfway line for argument's sake. The fellas up front are right in on top of these defenders. And instead of the midfield being up behind them, they're standing too close to where fucking defence. So there's this big space. They haven't got the legs to press anymore. Yeah, I know. But the argument, I'm, listen, I'm not telling you they, they should do it. But people would come up with the argument and say, well, if you're going to make the pitch small, i.e. like where are 10 players are on that pitch for the back here do a further up there because it's not working either way broken now with a fucking simple 15 yard pass in the centre half because Henderson and Fabinho and Thiago have become so easily torn it seems like every time there's a 50-50 battle in the midfield the boys are getting rolled what like if you're a defender what the fuck are you going to do you're, you're naturally there was one, there was one, there was one piece yesterday in that point, back. Whereas when we when we were uh, if we lost the duel, the fucking ninety percent chance we are winning the second ball. Yeah, mm. and, and the thing is, like yesterday, Shani, your time will lack, like, but your time will lack a threat. And there was one stage yesterday in the first half where Brighton were on the attack. Brighton were on It's always there with players like Salah and and Gagba and and yeah, but, but This is what I'm saying. You, you need you need. You need your midfield and and sometimes your defenders to play and keep a cool head in order to 
you know, fulfil that threat and get the ball to you. Like there was one there yesterday where Brighton are playing it around, playing it around, and they're looking quite dangerous. And Liverpool managed to get attacking. I think it might have been Matip, and it falls to Henderson, right? And Henderson looks up, looks up around them, right? And Salah could be played down the 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 the, the right channel, just play it down or play it to his feet, and he hooks this ball. 45 yards diagonally out towards Oxley chamberlain with a, up against a massive centre-half in the air, and I'm kind of going, surely that's not the fucking right ball on there. Right, it's less risky because you're just putting it out there and hoping something happens rather than trying to get into Salah's feet. But there was no there was no foundation for us trying to attack yesterday. But look, it, we're on to Tuesday, isn't it, against Wolves, and, and we'll be covering that game um, Tuesday night after it and stuff like that. We have loads coming during the week as we did last week. And last week's, I thought the stuff we put out last week was excellent. So hopefully we'll do the same this week. But before we finish, because we've only have a couple of minutes, right? Um, this stuff about Qatar and possible takeover and stuff like that. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've read nothing about it, right? Because I haven't seen a quote from anyone. Um, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I go back to it. I haven't seen anyone come out and say this has definitely happened. It just seems to be Qatar is this week, like America was last. But Keith, I come to you first. Have you read anything on it? Does just it, is it, it just a load of Arabic writing on your Twitter feed that's yeah. taking your yeah fancy? yeah it's a it's a load of and if anyone in the chat by the way can can fill us in. It, it's basically yeah some some journalist or something is it that's come out and i think he's a huge following half a million followers or something like okay. that coming out saying that qatar will be prioritizing a bit for liverpool um i don't know you know Bushy what i mean like, it's coming from qatar resources yeah it's 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 a couple of journalists or something that's saying it um just from a quick look they, they, they whoever this Qatari is the name of the account or something that's the source and he seems to have a lot of a lot of followers um it could be Qatar the country I don't know maybe it's the Qatar the country it's it's the head of them but it's it seems to be credible I mean at the end of the day right we're talking about a four billion pound transaction here and realistically who's going to be buying that so you're looking at uh, American ownership by looking at Middle East ownership, whether it be Qatari or whatever else, whatever <coughs> other countries it is. Now, it's it was rumored that was uh, QSI who won PSG that were going to be bidding for Liverpool or looking for a stake, and that got pill pilled. And they're looking at Spores as well now, but this apparently now we are looking at other um, Qatari investments. I don't know. It's it, it, to me, it can. It's probably is going to be Qatar. But you've lads telling you that it's going to be America. It's lads telling you it's going to be Qatar. Nobody knows. Do you know what I mean? No one has a fucking clue. It's like transfers. Who knows? Like it could be sold to Blade. And who was your man that tried to buy us and didn't have a bean? And he went and bought Wolves. Steve Morgan. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan says it cannot be QSO mm-hmm. unless they're buying a minority stake. Um. Ah, there's ways around that. Yeah. Paul Gormley says apparently the spirit of Shankly are trying to stop it. Good luck with that, lads. Um, John says I take any news on any any new owners. Sorry, I've had enough of FSG. Well, that's where me and you dis disagree. Yeah, uh, John. Um, uh, Sam says I think a lot of Qatari sources are saying it's done, but I think it's probably advanced but not done yet. Similar to most of our transfers, sources from abroad will know first if something happens. In my opinion, says Sam. Johnny. <laughs> Um, what do you make of this? Is, just, is this just Liverpool have lost the game? There's nothing happening transfer wise, and then we'll look. Alcatara are going to buy them. 
because it seems to be that sort of, you know, that's the rhythm we get into when with regards to. Again, bleeding. It's bound full of salt. Never mind the pinch. You take while these. Jamrock says it's QIA Qatar Investment Authority, who is the sovereign yeah. wealth fund. Yeah, oh boy. Seven seven sevens all over the screen. Jackpot. I don't give up, Alex Gav. I'm not gonna sit here giving you some sort of speech about oh, what's right in football. This is the way the game is going. Get off the train. Uh good luck. That's the way it is. Shit, I got off the pot now. Look at the fucking money that crowd Chelsea Chelsea are spending. Uh look, they they spent half a billion since our man's come in. Not even in a year. The game is gone completely out of control. There's not absolutely no way we compete anymore on that is model. We have reached a capacity on that EFSG model and it's been lovely. They've done wonderful things on and off the pitch. The infrastructure at a club, it, it's the best bet if you're looking to buy a big club in the world at the moment. Uh, it really is. I don't think it, it sells itself and um, I'd take anyone because look, that's just, just me being honest. Like people are gonna lie and say they wouldn't support us anymore. Well, look, if you're getting enough of tickets, send them over my way because I'll take them. That's the way I see it. And the reason why Gab, I'm just resigned, resigned now that this is the, the direction football is going. FFP doesn't exist. Messi won the Bleeding Champion, the World Cup, and you were trying bleeding fists over him as some sort of symbolism. Sports washing, the game is sports washed, it's done. And you're either in or you're out. And if I'm being honest with you, look at how shite this season has been. I would much rather be in than out because I don't want to watch Liverpool scrapping for fourth, fifth, and sixth. Season in, season out. I want to see you always competing for the top fucking titles every year because I've become enamoured to that. I love it. It's like drugs. <laughs> I've become spoiled. I've become You're spoiled. I think it's doing it all. I want to be in them conversations. We're not going to be in these conversations with, with FSG at the helm. And that's not, to their, that's not their fault. They just don't view it the same way we do. It's been a brilliant investment for them. It's been an absolutely phenomenal investment for them. They've put Liverpool back on the map in so many ways, regardless of what you can say. They've been brilliant owners, but I think we're at a capacity now under FSG. If you tell me FSG we're going to fucking loosen up the belt a little bit and put 100 million quid extra a year of their own money in, I'd be all for that. Yeah. If you tell me American owners were going to come in and do that, I'd be all for that. But... It's been so many windows, hoping on hope. We're told it's next summer all the time. It's COVID. The Nike money will be in. The re- the, this, that, and the other. It's always, we're always one short. And I'd rather be have one too many than one too few. And that's the way it's been under FSG for a large part. Now, we've won the everything. Nike money, we'll be back to Warrior in this, right? Won't we, for fuck's sake? Yeah, we I'm not shit. I'm not going to sit here and pretend look you can virtue signal all you want but you're a lying bastard if you say you lose sleep about these human rights things and all you, you'd mm-hmm. be a lying box 
I'm wearing a Nike top. I paid 50 euro for it. It was probably made for about 25 cents. You've blood on your hands. The iPhone I'm using was probably made in some sweatshop in China for about fucking $12. So if you want to look into that, if you're going to go through every single owner with a fine comb, they'll all have links to these sheets. Fucking, we were off doing pre-season yokes in Qatar. We'd done it just there after the World Cup when we went doing them for free. Do you know what I mean? So, pick your poison, fellas. You know that fucking... What did he say? You bleed and throw your hair out a little long enough to see ourselves become the villains. And that's exactly now what's happening to FSG. The people are starting to turn on them. And yeah. it's people like me who would have been on the fence and would have probably... I'd say... I would have... I would have... Like, I don't agree with the extremism and some of the shit that he'll be coming out with saying that they... They, they bought bleeding hockey teams, the money they made off Liverpool. That's bollocks. They've done wonders for the club, but I just, I want them to move on now and solidify their legacy because whatever it is, they've done fucking great work, but you've got to fucking spend money in these leagues. And if you don't, look. Dylan O'Rourke said it in the chat there. The Spanish Super Cup was played in Saudi Arabia tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and look, look. I, I, I wouldn't disrespect anyone who turns around and goes, I'm walking away from football if I bought this shite, that shite, or the other shite. Look, it is what it is. Look what FSG were going to do. They were throwing the whole fucking integrity of the sport to go in to the Super League to compete with these lads. That's worse. That's worse for me. That's damaging the sport as well. But that's the way football is going. You're right or on or you're off. And... I'd say at the moment now, you're kind of bullshitting yourself if you think FSG can continue with this model. Oh, I no, think I think I think you're right on FSG with regards to with this model. I think the model they have is, is very, very good. Um, but I think you're right. And I, I, I don't disagree in, in, in any way with football has moved on and this model, unless, like you said, my, my dream scenario is that my dream scenario is that not dream. I'm not justifying it. That's just the world you live well, in. Well, you see, I, I see it differently to you because I my my preferred scenario, I suppose, would be FSG come out and put an extra hundred million in a year, um, or somebody takes the club off FSG and puts a hundred million in a year. That's my preferred thing, right? Being state owned, I am completely and utterly against, um, because for me, these clubs that have been state owned. Um, allow this to happen because they want to be relevant and Liverpool don't need to be bought over and used by a, a state to put money in to promote this state be, and be relevant Liverpool don't need that yes Liverpool need money like if someone if someone comes out of Qatar or comes out of anywhere and says I'm buying or our company are buying Liverpool Football Club and we are going to put in this amount of money fine Absolutely fine. Just don't want Qatar, the country, buying them. That's all. That's all I want. Like, and at the end, of the, and and I don't want to get into a massive debate over it. You'll take whoever. Loads of people will take whoever. But for me, as a Liverpool fan, as a fan of Liverpool Football Club, and what they stand for, and people will say, "Oh, well, what fuck? What they stand for? This is the way football's gone." I completely get that. But what you're looking at with regards to Man City and Newcastle is two clubs that don't fuck all. Right? They've done fuck all. 
right? They needed to be relevant. They needed money in because they couldn't do it themselves. And they went down this line. And that's where they went. Liverpool aren't like that. Liverpool are a completely different entity to both those clubs, right? And for us, and FSG can't do it. I'm absolutely fine if FSG can't do it. Go and find someone else that'll do it, right? But to go, my big thing about this is that if if you think all these people, you know, out there that go, oh, you know, I'll just take it, whatever, right? If you think they aren't giving out about Man City over the last five or six years or have started giving out about Newcastle over the last 12 months, they have. But now when this comes up, that Liverpool might be done, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's the you know, and the football is going that way. Don't get me wrong. I think 2025 is going to be a massive watershed in football because they've set it up for these teams to do what they like come 2025. That's the truth of the matter. But for me, as a football club, a proper football club that's built on whatever you've seen over the last 130 odd years right we don't need this sort we don't need to go that extreme to stay relevant or compete we just yeah, don't well, Gab, those clubs I did we don't I agree 100 but th- there's no no not many will have the money to boil Liverpool oh no I completely get that so I completely get it's that it's kind of literally like <coughs> well well fucking it's a product of our own doing now at this stage. They've it's unavoidable. Look, if you t- it, it can't be avoided. Oi, people turn around and said they weren't gonna watch the World Cup, it was in Qatar. You're all lying bastards. You all watch the best World Cup finals I've ever seen. Yeah, but that wasn't down to Qatar. Yeah, it's good. people are saying that we were in the United Arab Emirates. Fuck me, lads. Jesus Christ, yeah. tomato, tomato. It, it, let's be honest, these people they're in the same part of the world. And you have the same views on a lot of the fucking things. Let's be honest. Like, you know what I mean? If you want to be a bastion in a morality, watch cricket or something. Because it's or watch American sports that haven't been sports watched yet. That's yeah, no, I completely get that. Fan of Boston, the biggest fight are going to be in Saudi Arabia. If you're a WWE fan at the moment, you're obviously going through fucking hell. Now, that's made up stuff, but people are still. As an, a, a fucking avid fan base, and that's some of the most under the table stuff I've ever seen in my life. What's going on there? So it's the way it is. Like I know people who are turning around saying they were boycotting the World Cup, and in the same breath they were texting me, asking me was I watching X player, Y player, and I'm like, going, you're you're fucking painting this picture on, on Twitter that you're not doing this and you're bashing morality, but you all sat glued to the to that World Cup final. And I'm guilty. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a football fan. We're all fucking hypocrites. That's what it is. You look like a tick every so often. That's what happens. If you're talking of shit, you'll be right every now and again. That's just the way it is. I don't know what other way it's going to go for Liverpool. I'd, I'd rather be owned by Qatar than someone like Todd Bowley. He'll run your club into the ground. I'm not saying... I'm not saying that somebody stay come in and wouldn't run a football club well. I'm not saying that for a minute. Because with that amount of money you have, um, you know, you'll run it well, you know, and you'll have the, the financial power to pull yourself out of any issue, right? But it's just, for me, as a football club of Liverpool's size, stature, history, the whole lot, right? And you can't just... We're, we're go- and I get where football's going, and sometimes it's hard for me to kind of put this out in the right way 
But I just look at all these. I just look at all these clubs that are gone down that route, and it really fucking bugs the shit out of me that we're having to pull ourselves into line, literally with two, three, four clubs in this in, in the, on this planet. Right, we all. Everyone has to pull into line with these three or four clubs instead of these three or four clubs being pulled back. But money talks. It's, with money talks, I get that. That's the way we are, and it's not only in football; it's in politics, it's in everything. Money yeah, talks. It's right, blame you Oh no, listen. There's plenty to blame. There's plenty to blame. But genuinely, I would rather watch Liverpool with an owner that is yes going to put more money in than watch Liverpool that have just decided that. Ah, uh, listen, they're over there, they're doing that. We've given out about it for fucking nine on ten years with one club in particular. But do you know what? Fuck it. Well, let's just go and do what they're doing anyway. And that's what I, I think that's what um, gets me the most. The fact that yeah. we are going to lower ourselves to a Man City from 2008 or a Newcastle from 2020. We're going to lower ourselves to that. And people yeah. can go on about wanting to win and people can go on about wanting trophies and wanting everything else and that's absolutely fine if that's what you're in it for. And that's what most people are in it for. Winning, winning trophies, memories, all that sort of stuff. But for me, Liverpool won a title in 1920. Didn't get to celebrate because of COVID, right? I promise you, and this is not me bullshitting you, if we are state-owned and win three titles in a row, I would genuinely sit there and go, yeah, they've won three titles, great. But... It would tarnish it for me in a, in a massive, massive way. You know, you know, I respect that opinion and I really do. I genuinely do. I'm not turning around saying you're a fucking idiot if you think if you think that. I don't. I get that. But it's unavoidable, Gav. It's, that's the thing. I don't it's know if it's unavoidable. unavoidable. Um, but but having said that, having said that, right, the only people that can make the only people that can make this decision as to whether we be state-owned or not is John the way that have made the game now everyone else are um, family sports group yeah. they're the only the people that can make yeah. make um, the decision on whether Liverpool will be state on but your way have made it this playground now for billionaires because there's no regulations in hmm. you're saying 2025 fuck me like Chelsea had to give your man an eight and a half year contract what the fuck is going on hmm. I don't know anyway Emma what do you make of it? Is it just another? I, I look. I I think uh, we've shown over the last five or six years that we don't listen. We don't necessarily need uh, to be out state state owned. I would much prefer not to be state owned. I think, and there's a lot of people saying as well. And Johnny, you even said it yourself. There's no country should be allowed to own a football team in the first place. I agree with that. Um, and um, what you're saying, Gav, is that you might get a Qatari businessman coming in and buying us, but he's not hes not the Qatari government. So I think that should be avoided at all costs in all football, not just with us. But I would much prefer us to be owned by someone that will put in, similar, similar to FSG, but that will spend that little bit more. Like you said, Johnny, maybe they say, look, you're going to have 100 million every year or spread out over the two windows every year. That'll do me. We've proved over the last five, six years that we don't need to spend half a billion to compete with these state-owned teams. We can do it, right? We're not going to have Klopp for, forever. But we've proved that they can be kept up with on a much lower budget. Um, but I'd much prefer not to be I'd much prefer not to be state-owned as well. It's just <coughs> I just don't think they should they shouldn't be involved in, in, in club ownership. But look, there's gonna be they've they've come up with ways of creating sponsors for teams i'm sure they could come up with ways if they banned states from owning it they'll come up with some way of owning a club 
through a bill through a, a an individual uh, it's, it's it is unavoidable shawnee is right it's just the way things are, are going but yeah. i'd much prefer not i i would it's looked it's the way the, the club liverpool itself is is built and the, the city itself it, it's the complete antithesis of what liverpool stands for is to be owned by yeah. some by a nation like do you know what i mean so yeah. uh ideally somebody similar to fsg sometimes it's better to do what they know than if they don't like do you know what i mean it's you don't know who's going to be. Well, I'm, right well. I'm just of the might... opinion. Like, like Mata says there, Gav's just trying to take the moral high ground. I'm not. I'm not. If I took the moral high ground, I wouldn't listen to any of your arguments and just go, no, it's wrong and that's it. I'm listening to every argument that's come on here. Um, as they do, says, would you rather wait another 30 years for another Premier League? No one likes waiting for 30 years for Premier League. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that if you go back, if you go back a year ago, right, and people didn't want FSG, and listen, the owners mean fuck all really to you. Do you know what I mean? But if you would have went back a, a, a year ago without any talk of FSG selling and FSG, and you said, what do you want? You would probably say, well, put their own money in. That's all you've heard. Put their own money in. And yeah, you're right. And people saying, would 100 million compete? Yes. Because if we spent 100 million over the last two seasons extra on top of what we have, we're not having a conversation about midfield. We're not having a conversation about ninth in the league. We're not having a conversation about what's Klopp thinking, what's this, what's that. Of course it makes you compete because people completely look away from what Liverpool have. Like, when we go into title run-ins run or races or cups or European nights, you go, Klopp, the fans, the welcoming the buses, all this. People completely forget about all that. And I'm, I'll stand steadfast on it. If Liverpool found an owner that managed finances the way FSG do, but put extra amount in, wherever it might be, per season, Liverpool would absolutely compete. Because every other asset they have at the club, what they've done in, in the past, the, the stadium's getting bigger, the European nights, the manager, every, everything out coupled in, you know, is what makes... Liverpool Football Club. And when we were going up against City, yeah, they're, they're powerhouses in financially because of what they do, right? But what we, what did you always hear? You always heard, yeah, but Liverpool have that 12th man. They have Klopp. They have this. People just write that off now. Not enough. Just go and get all the money you can in the world, right? And just, it doesn't matter what anything else. But look, it'll go on. I, I fully agree with, I fully agree with what you're saying. With It's it's not, probably non-avoidable. I don't think it is. I think we could, I would hope you could find someone out there that would buy and put more money in, and yes, it will probably end up being someone that doesn't doesn't want to make money off the club because you won't. You're not making money off Liverpool Football Club, um, but it's um, I I just that's just the way I am, and I completely I completely disagree with state ownership of Liverpool Football Club. And if people disagree with that, that's absolutely fine. You know what I mean? That's absolutely like I'm not going to fall out with anyone. You know, there's more important things in life than who owns fucking Liverpool football. I think what I think with it before we finish up, it's um, you know, Liverpool. I, I hear what Gav's saying, and I'm sort of on that camp as well. And I don't know if it's and I don't mean on this panel. This isn't that they got the younger member of the panel here, but I think older um fans will be a one way of thinking, younger fans will be a different way of thinking. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, what can I say? You know, Shawnee are a young fella, you know what I mean? They were a young fella. But I think I think uh, what Shawnee said is correct as well. Um people in the chat are saying, Oh, so Gav, you're you're giving up, you're tapping out. Gav isn't saying that. It just wouldn't feel the same. But I think eventually it will. You know, you, the games are only going one way. The game is only going one way. And Gav is right. If you've got an owner of FSG for hundred million a year into the club, brilliant. 
the, the team wouldn't be in the state we're in now. We wouldn't be, you know, having the blade and put out fires here, there and everywhere. But they don't. And what other model can we go under? Every big club is going to do it. United are going to be taken over by oil money soon. Spores will be bought over. And there's a club who have laid £1 billion stadium infrastructure in London. They'll be attractive to teams. You know, what I don't want to happen to Liverpool is when United got the march on us in the 90s with the commercial side of it. And we said, no, not for us. That's not, we're not going to be flogging a golly out there for blading this money. We don't need it. We're Liverpool. And we got left behind. And I don't want Liverpool to get left behind again because it's only gone one way. And I wouldn't feel the same. I have to say, I wouldn't feel the same if, if it was a state-owned uh, club. I think Gav's right. You, you lose the the spirit. Emmett said it as well. You know, the, the, the people in Liverpool, the city of Liverpool, all that sort of stuff. And people think that's all wishy-washy. But it's not. It's what makes Liverpool. Liverpool's an underdog as a city. Do you know what I mean? It's an underdog. And that feeds into the people in Liverpool. And that feeds into the football club. And it's not a Liverpool. It's not just Scousers that follow Liverpool. We know that. Not saying it is. But, you know, it's 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 that spirit that Liverpool have. And you're eroding that. But, unfortunately, there's no other way. There's no other way. It's going to happen. And... That's the problem. You have Newcastle now that are going to blow up. You have Man City, who we already know are there. You're going to have Manchester United. You're going to have Spurs, I reckon, at some stage. You have Chelsea. Your man just trombladen fucking money. What's it? We spent more this year than FSG having 10. And, and people are using that as a as some sort of stick to be FSG with. They've been sensible. You don't want these blading cowboys just throwing money, showing shit at the wall that Todd, Todd Bowley is doing and hoping it sticks. That's mm. reckless. I don't want reckless. I want a well-run club. We're Liverpool and we don't need them to make up attendance figures. We don't need them to, to make up, you know, shitty little things to make it seem bigger. We are bigger. We're at the top table. It'll just be, you know... It, it, it's gone one way and unfortunately we're at the point now where we are up for sale and it's it's going to be Middle East money and and people and FSG will make that decision like the FSG yeah, but, will decide who they sell to um, yeah but Gab yeah, yeah, like we're sitting waiting like remember the conversation you used to have you used to say to yourself I can't wait until it all comes in on Chelsea and fucking Russia go to war with Ukraine and Yoke is ousted and it's just like that and you're kind of going wow I didn't see that happening like you're waiting for a day of reckoning to come to these Middle East states that might stop them and you're thinking oh yeah it might happen and then you realise your man and man in PSG is on the fucking body of UEFA Oh, no, I so, think, and that's probably the they, biggest frustration, Johnny. Where, yeah, yeah. Like, <coughs> I think the biggest frustration overall is, is that, the, the yeah, the governing bodies. bodies, the governing bodies have, for me, sold out um, completely Big as time. to what they were set up for. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's just a bit, it's, and that's a huge frustration of mine. And it's not because FSG came in and, and pointed at FFP and stuff like that. Um, they could have pointed whatever FSG regardless even with FFP I don't know if they can compete um, because just the way the game has grown um, they just can't right unless they're willing to do something a little bit off the cuff for them right and a huge frustration is UEFA and, and FIFA who want to bring all these tournaments in all around the world and make everyone go everywhere at, like every fucking six weeks do you know what I mean and Francisco there says FFP doesn't exist it does exist 
but there's just so many ways around it is the problem it absolutely exists but it's just and it probably exists more for the likes of in Everton who are really fucking struggling under FFP because um, the, of their spend and stuff like that and that's their own doing right and there's and Barcelona have fucking been stung by it loads have been stung but there's just too many ways around it and that's where the issue comes from um, and that's a huge it's a, it's a huge um, frustration of mine as well like where and, and, and I'm not you see, when I look at it, when I look at it, I think to myself, if they just done their job over there as the governing body of this sport in Europe, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I, it's not the right reaction for me to say, well, they're not doing their job by letting these people over here do this, and we just go, well, oh, there's three or four doing it. All right, well then everyone else just tried to be what they are. You know what I mean? When we know it's wrong, we've been giving out about it for years, and we know it's wrong, but now. It's just like, oh, well, ah, look, they're not sorting it out, so let's just all be that. And, uh, and listen, there'll be plenty of clubs out there in the Premier League, across all the top leagues in, in Europe, would happily do it. But I think, and I said a, a while back, the day the likes of an Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United become state-owned, forget about it. Absolutely forget about it. And all your fucking, your, your history and your this and your that and your that, you just rolled in behind um, what's being allowed to go on in the world of football. And yeah, it's probably not, you can't stop it, maybe. But you could try. Or you could try stand up and say, well, no, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? And and actually turn it to your advantage by saying, we are not taking a bid from this state. And it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's fucking Scotland or Qatar, we are not money, taking money a bid from that. That's you, know, I don't you know, and I know, I know it's, it's, it's one of those, but look... We could go around in circles. Everyone has an it's, opinion it's, on it. It's these, it's these people mine. that are saying that they, they, they want to be left behind, um, but yet complained when FSG were up for the Super League because they were entering the Super League to not be left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and true, people yeah. gave out about that. But now they don't mind being state-owned right. because they don't want to be left behind. So, like, it's there's a lot of hypocrisy around. <clears throat> well, I, I'm, I, I said it a while back, you know, people have asked me, would you get? Would you? Would you? Um, stop doing this and stop doing that. I would genuinely have to um, look at the way I interact or the way I consume Liverpool Football Club. It becomes state owned, and I mean that. And that's not me being taking the moral high ground as someone said earlier. That's just me. That's just how I was brought up as to what Liverpool Football Club are, and trying to be clubs that just done it to be relevant. Just isn't it? Just isn't me, and that's and that's and I, I look, Shawnee or Emma or anybody in that chat and go, oh, I will take it and I'll go off and enjoy it. Absolutely, go and enjoy it. But it's just not me, and that's just the way it is. Would I stop covering football? No, because I love football. I love watching it. If you know, if you if you if you're that bad, you wouldn't report on Liverpool City because who City are. But it would make me take a, yeah, it make me take a long hard look at Liverpool and and you know what. I don't know how easily it will go through or how easy it will go down um, with the Liverpool fan base, but I'm sure um, I'm sure that will come to pass at the time. Um, Can I just just say as well, sorry, and I think Keith might have been about to say it before. He, he if, so we keep saying state owned and mentioning the likes of Qatar and all. I think I wouldn't like to be state owned by any country. It's not. No, it's not. It's any country. Middle Eastern. It just so happens that they're the countries that are doing the buying of football clubs at the moment. Um, and it's the money. Uh, there's a lot of people just think that it's uh, 
not saying it's xenophobic, maybe that, oh, it's Middle East, Middle East. No, it's, it's any country I would prefer not to be on. But. It'd be like the United States buying them tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Um, anyway, look, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to argue with anyone in the chat. I don't want to fucking fall out with anyone in the chat. That this show is here to give your honest opinion, um, and be allowed to give your honest opinion without people jumping down and throwing going, you know, uh, no, you're wrong and you're this standard, um, and that'll always be the same way. Or, or typing in capitals. Um, well. John, John Sean is typing in captains as well. Yeah, he, says, he just wants Liverpool to do well in the pitch end of the story. Don't give a bollocks about politics. Um, that's absolutely fine. I'm just different to you. That's that's a, um, that's how it is. Um, but everyone in the chat, um, we've bored through that 600 likes in two shows, by the way. It's close. It's over seven, I think, now at this stage. Um, there's loads and loads of people um, watching tonight. We appreciate it. Um, Thanks a to Emma, thanks a to Shiny. Keith's internet has done the door on him, so um, thanks a to Keith. Um, look, the rest of the week, I think we have winners and losers tomorrow. We'll have a full-time Reds on Tuesday. We are going to do a transfer show during the week, but there's nothing really happening, so unless something pops up there, um, we won't. Um, we will do a history show. I forgot to do it last week, genuinely forgot it. So I will do it um, at some stage this week. The viewer's voice will hopefully be back, uh, Premier League forecast, um, and as well as that... Um, we will have full-time Reds on Saturday and the Fatback 4 coming back. Anything else before we go, Shani? No. no. Um, just try to be respectful of people's opinions, hmm? even if you don't agree with them yeah. one way or another. Um, look, I just want to see Liverpool win. Uh, I obviously had the what's best for Liverpool at heart, but I want to see Liverpool win. It's so fucking sad that the state of the game, this is the state of play now in, in football and big sports. And unfortunately, it can't be helped. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, if it could be avoided, I wouldn't want state ownership, but that's the way it's going. And what other choice do we have? If it's that, I'll be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. Simple as that. Hmm. Some people might feel differently. I respect that. Wouldn't fall out over it. Simple as that. Like you're gonna you're gonna read a lot of shit over the next days. Just take it with a pinch of salt. Try enjoy the football as best as you can now between now and the end of the season. Because I think regardless of who's on us, we'll be back. Yeah. In some capacity. Yeah. Hundred percent. And and you know what? That's that's all I can say. I'm not some sort of fucking like. I'm not banging the drum. I'm not gonna be weird and bleeding. Focus and uh, uh, like that. If you're not building that, like, like uh, Emma said, it's not a xenophobic thing. That's the way it's going. These are the lads with the money. These are the ones with the interest. The price of the club has put us out of reach for somebody who might actually have the best of what's needed for the club. I had, but unfortunately, what can we fucking do? We're, we're all frustrated now. My back into a corner. We are winning games at top of the league, 10 points. Nobody would want these lads near us, but that's the way it is. Football supporters were fickle or fucking idiots. And I know sometimes we lack, or speak for myself, lack the emotional intelligence to have a little bit of foresight to look down the road and think what might be better for you. So we want the best. And we want yesterday. And look, That's uh, when, when it's sold, if and when this, the club is sold, you know, we cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, and 
I'm sure there'll be there'll be many an argument over it at, at that time as well. But um, that's just the way it is. It's been Emma. Sorry, anything else before we go? Now I'll, I'll just there's comments from Simon Tilson, is it? He asked me to throw him somewhere. He says he's ten stone. I'm twice that, so I'll give it a go. He wants to be thrown all the way to Ireland. I don't know where he lives, Simon, but we'll try it. Yeah, he'd shock butcher by the ankles. Emma is an absolute <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fucking with him on the honest with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, anyway, and I'm friends with Gary Mac. He's even bigger. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus, he's a monster as well. Um, right, but look, that has been a brilliant show. We've kept you way too long. I think it's about an hour and forty minutes. We were trying to do this in an hour, but obviously when we get into conversation, it goes on and on, and we, you know, and we try to use as much of the oh, chat yeah. as we can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's just this is this is social media in a nutshell, football content, selling souls. Have no problem filling your car up with Middle Eastern oil, though. Well, if, can, if you found if the car ran on Christmas Roy, I'd use it, you know what I mean? It's not much you can do in that plane. He's our arm, anyway. Um, that has been the fat pack for it. The link is in the description for our charity campaign. 11 um, very brave women running the Dublin Marathon in October. We're doing our best to raise them as much money as we possibly can for breast cancer research. Like I said, if you click on the show description, you will find it. You can donate there. Um, one, two, five, ten, twenty, or whatever, and what you want. Every single euro counts. Thanks for would you hitting the likes on the get and the post match yesterday and this. Um, Kieran Thorne will be donating £600 to that fund, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and you know something, uh, like I said, donate if you can, share it wherever you can. If you if, if you can't find it, like it's on every piece of our social media, but if you can't and you want to email us, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com, we will be more than happy to show you where the link is. Send your posters, that you can A4 posters that you can print out and stick around. The house, the 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 neighborhood, the walk, the canteen, whatever um you want. They're up at around fourteen hundred euros already. It's only been gone five, six days. So um look, we're gonna try to get we are gonna get to twenty grand, not try, we're going to. But as I said, if you can donate, please do. If you can't, and we understand times are hard for people, share it wherever you can because every time you share it, someone might pick it up and share it again or donate, and that's how it works. Um but there you go. Um Someone says I missed the super chat. Jesus, lads, before I go. Um Jamrock said a 32 team FIFA club uh woke up in 2025 in June. Um yeah, is that the one I missed? I had it on screen, I didn't read it out, but there you go. But 2025 is when when you really, really um see what's going on. But look, that's it. We'll talk to you again. That's been the fat back four over anyway. Podcast Network.